Welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Primus, father, entrepreneur, filmmaker, athlete, hopeful writer, and dedicated wanderer. I'm curious to learn more about how people live their lives, their struggles, and passions, and pains. So every week, with athletes, entrepreneurs, healers, adventurers, and beyond, I'm going to have unbound and uncensored long-form conversations about people, places, pursuits, and performance. Enjoy. Good day, everyone. Good day. I, you know, I've written one book and I'm in the process of finalizing a second book that's due out in the spring of 2024. And one of the, the most interesting things about writing a book is, to me, is what's not in it. <laughs> we, you know, you get this final product and, and it's, it's, it just already seemed like there's a lot, but there's so much more left on the table. Chapters, paragraphs, you know, sometimes entire parts of the book are gone. And, um, and I love that because it becomes a puzzle, right? You have all these ideas, you have this, this, this thing you want to say, this point you want to get across and you, and in some cases you, you veer away from that point and that stuff has to get cut from the book. You know, everything really has to point to, to the same thing for a book to feel cohesive and to keep the reader engaged and, you know, not like this podcast, ramble and meander off into different directions. And some things are on point with the book and are on point to the message of the book. However, they just don't make the cut. And the hardest part of that is when you really like the story or the, or the thing that you were saying there and it still has to go. The, you know, I'd love to, you know, what is it that, uh, what's the metaphor for things that are, are kind of, you know, chopped off that are, that are, that are good and, and, and they have value to you, but you don't get to include them. This happens a lot, by the way, in, in editing films, of course, but I think everyone knows that. And, um, and, you know, my gosh, you know, from from our documentary, we had seventy five to hundred hours of, of footage, and you know, the film's ninety minutes. So, and and uh, and you know, half of that is is on camera interviews. So, really, it's about forty five minutes of the nearly hundred hours of footage that actually ends up in the film, right? So, that's a lot of editing um, out. And I love being able to repurpose that content. And I think that's one thing that social media is so great for is it gives you this this place to put things that, you know, didn't end up in the final product. And I have made a habit on a handful of occasions of putting chapters or sections of, of my books just out as blog posts. This is one such blog post. You know, the following story is originally intended to be included in the first chapter of Getting Naked, The Bare Necessities of Entrepreneurship and Startups, my book, However, it ultimately didn't make the final version. The story contains a powerful lesson on the importance of having life experience in entrepreneurship and art. So without further ado on life experience, it was the perfect day for a backyard barbecue. Meat sizzled on the grill and beer chilled on ice while the usual chit chat ensued. Scrawny with shaggy hair, I'd just completed my first year of university and was convinced I'd write the next great American novel one day. A middle-aged man, clean-shaven and sporting a polo shirt and with a somewhat sage-like demeanor, struck up a conversation with me. I told him about my aspirations to be a writer. I'm a writer, I proclaimed, then sipped my beer with a slight air of triumph. Somehow, I'd mentally jumped over the want part, but I guess 
for better or worse, my excessive to the point of annoying self-confidence was an obvious character trait. Oh, said the man, with a suspicious tone that suggested so much more than one syllable. And what have you experienced so far in your life, he asked. Mentally, I noted that he did not ask me what I had written or even intended to write about, just what I'd experienced. Experience in this case was not about how experienced or competent I was at a certain thing, but experience as in the circumstances I'd encountered throughout my life. What had I truly seen and done up there in the world? Had I known true hardship or heartbreak? What mouth-watering or strange flavors had I tasted? Had I shifted my perspective after seeing how different cultures operate? What mistakes had I made? What risks had I taken? What true fear of imminent tragedy or great unknown had I endured? or felt in my bones? What of life's many treasures had I deeply connected with? The answer was, truthfully, not that much. Training and competing for track and field had taken up most of my time outside school. When I wasn't running, resting with my number two past, resting was my number two pastime. Sure, running had taken me on some cool trips, taught me about commitment, visualization, physical and mental anguish, and hard work. But other than that, there were no epic nights partying or spontaneous adventures. I'd only had one girlfriend and my virginity was still very much intact. My home life was fairly blue collar and on the verge of broken as my parents had just separated. But the emotional toil of that was something I had chosen at the time to ignore. After my attempt to establish credibility as a connoisseur of many life's experiences, the sage said, son, Don't take offense to this, but whatever you think you know, you don't. You haven't experienced life's tragedies and joys, at least not as a man. So go out and experience life. Find something to write about and then decide. Do you still want to be a writer? Hearing these soft-spoken words knocked the wind out of me. I'm not sure if all 19-year-olds felt like they had all the answers to life, but I was certainly guilty of that. How dare he? was my first admittedly pathetic thought. But the little voice deep inside knew that this stranger may have just landed the blow of divine intervention that would change the course of my life. Up until that point, each moment of my life, from the plans for my running career to becoming a writer to whatever came after, I'd made my fortune with those two choices was fairly planned out. All I needed was for it to happen like I'd planned and all would be well. So did it happen like that? No, of course, not one little bit. Running was the first thing I was truly good at. When we realize we're good at something, we tend to latch onto it as the thing we need to do for the rest of our lives. That's exactly what I did with running. The mental story I told myself seemed to go like this. I'm good at blank, you fill in the blank. Therefore, I should like and do blank in order to have purpose, be successful and craft an identity. And just like that, our idea puts us on a path. A path that, once you're on, can be hard to step away from unless, snap, like in my case, your Achilles tears, literally for me, metaphorically for you, in a million paces, and you can't do the thing you were supposed to do for the rest of your life. Lying awake at night, knowing what to do with myself, once my running career ended, not sure what on earth to write about, the man's sage advice echoed in the depths of my soul. What have you done? Up until that point, I had a clear idea of what I would or should do. Now, I didn't have a damn clue. Desperate to go get away from the despairing feeling, 
I heeded the man's advice, but possibly to the extreme, and decided to place my fate at the mercy of the unknown and see what might come of it. Oh, yeah. And I also tried to get laid for the first time. Thanks for reading. Be well. All right. <laughs> so obviously that blog just, you know, sort of trails off. What was the thing I did? I, I decided to hitchhike across Canada and, and go on this adventure. And, uh, and I really felt that this story was really important because in the book, because I thought it set the stage for how the book unfolds, which is essentially as a first time entrepreneur starting an underwear company called Naked, hence the, you know, hence the name Getting Naked. I was learning everything in a kind of beginner's mind, you know, the sort of foolish beginner who is a transforming fool, as uh, Joseph Campbell talks about, where you know you have to be a fool in order to become a master. You have to be willing to to fail and to learn from those failures and pick yourself up and and go onward. And and so everything that I faced the first time starting my business naturally. <laughs> was uh, very much filled with with the failure and the mistakes a first time entrepreneur might, might make, and so I had no life experience, and that's why I wanted to preface the book with this story. But it, alas, it didn't make it in, and you know I've shared it with you now, and that still is a is one of those little moments in life where when you when you pay attention, and th there can be more of them, a lot more of them, I think, than we allow ourselves to have. But these little divine interventions from from people and they kind of speak to you almost, almost as if they're the voice of reason, the voice of conscious, the voice of God, the voice of, you know, your, your own inner self kind of echoing back to you, what you already kind of know maybe, and just aren't listening to or should know. And I really, you know, when we get past our ego and, and you really listen to these things, they can, they can course correct you. They can, they can set you on, on, on wonderful adventures, because what is life without the adventure uh, into the unknown? Right again, Joseph Campbell, right? The hero's journey, the adventure into the unknown. And that's really, you know, what this, this gentleman was saying. You, know, you go on this adventure, you face the dragons, you face the monsters, you battle them, you get beaten, you learn, you, you go forward, and you become a mature person. Uh, and that's life experience, right? On the other side of that, having been through these things, not just being a, a little cocky know-it-all and, and so, you know, sort of speaking about them intellectually because you know about them or conceptually because you know about them that way, but you've never actually had to feel them. And, you know, I still want to be a writer and I've written a book and I call myself a writer and I've written a lot in the past year about the practice of writing. And I know deep down that I'm not a very good writer. I am, <laughs> I'm never going to be in the hall of fame of great writers who've written great novels or great self-help books. I can only do it the way that I can do it. And the reason that I get to call myself a writer is because I do do it. And that's you know, plain and simple. I write. And uh, I keep writing and my editor of my blogs keeps punishing me with her comments, um, trying to, you know, shape and mold me into a better writer every week, every month. And I, I keep taking those shots. And it's been really interesting to go through the experience of reading these blogs as part of this pod blog series that I'm doing 
and seeing the mistakes that I've made and, and seeing the typos, but also the things that I would have changed or how when I wrote it, I thought it sounded fucking fantastic. And then I read it and I thought, oh, that's fucking terrible. Right. In fact, a lot of what I have reread aloud to you, I haven't liked of my own work. I just, I still appreciate that I did it though. And that's really the point. I have written a blog recently, you know, talking about how you only need to be good at one thing. And this really also points to the paragraph in this, this blog where I say, you know, I was a runner and the mental story I told myself is I'm good at this. Therefore I should like it and I should do it. And that's kind of how you craft an identity around a thing, right? A label that you, you give yourself. I am a runner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a filmmaker. I'm a whatever. I'm a dancer. And I toggle with this, right? I really, I really think and believe that we need to lean into, you know, what we, we are good at, uh, but we also have to love it. And that's the difference that I'm, I'm making with, with this point is that I didn't at the end love running. So just because I was good at it didn't mean I should continue doing it. I shouldn't say I didn't love running. I love running. I didn't love being in the sport um, and from a competitive standpoint and dedicating my life to the, the sport anymore. And, uh, and that, you know, it was a hard thing to break away from, but we still should um, go out despite knowing what it is that we love to do and, or, you know, what it is that we're really good at. Of course, we should continue to cultivate those things. I think that they give us a, an advantage in a competitive work a workplace and it gives us a sense of purpose to to live our lives through and with but also on life experience we should go out and see if there are other things that pique our interests right this is what happens with travel this is what happens with trying different types of jobs this is what happens with dating people who aren't exactly you know this is, you know data republican if you're a liberal you know see what you can learn and see what you can glean from experiences that you have, not keep everything in a neat little line of, of you know, what feels safe because you can surprise yourself in life. And that is one of the greatest gifts of life. So go out there, no matter if you're young or old and keep experiencing life. All right, my friends, I hope you enjoyed this pod blog. Be well. As always, thanks so much for listening to The Ramble. No, there is a lot of podcasts out there, so we thank you for choosing to listen all the way through on this one. You know, we want to be part of the, the solution, the, the good questions, the things that move you and inspire you and make you want to connect deeper with yourself and others and all that great stuff. So if the spirit does move you, subscribe, share, post, anything. We'd be forever grateful. And if you have any comments or feedback, good, bad, ugly, it doesn't matter. We're here to listen. Guests you think we should have on. Of course, send them along. Thank you. And until next time, peace.